And turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we'll be in verse 17 through 24 this morning. And of course, if you have no Bible, we've provided the passage for you in Swahili and English in your bulletin. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. This is the word of the Lord. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart and they having become callous have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught in Him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Katika ukatili wanyazao ambao akilizao tumetua giza na wamefakishwa na kuzima wa mungu kwa sababu ya ujinga miyono nani yao kwa sababu ya ugumu wameo yao ambao wakiisha kufa ganzi wanachitia katika mango ya ufisali wapate kufagiza kila nama ya uchafu kwa kutamani Bali mimi sivyo mlivyo jifunza Kristo ikiwa mlivyo ikiwa mlimsikia na na mtafundishwa katika yeye kama kweli ilivyo katika Yesu mvae kwa habari ya mvue kwa habari ya mienendo mvue kwa habari ya mienendo wa kwanza utu wanamani unao uharibika kwa kuzifuata tamaa zenye kunagana na na mfanywe upya katika roho ya nyenyezo mkabaye utu upya ulioumbwa kwa namna ya Mungu katika haki na utakatifu wa ukweli Amen, amen. Uh, over the last two weeks, we, of course, we're looking at the previous passage. 
And I want to remind us of the context here. In this letter, Paul is writing to the church. And he is instructing believers, if you remember, to walk in a manner which is worthy of their calling. They are believers. Christ has called them to be his own. Christ has called them to be his followers. And they are to show that with their very lives. And we have seen in God's word that every believer is gifted. Every believer is given gifts by God. And they are to use those gifts in service to God's people, that is the church. And then Paul reminds us that the gifts that God has given us as believers, they were purchased. Christ paid the ultimate price in order to purchase those gifts for us. The believers did not pay. It was Christ who paid. Because it was Christ alone who was capable of paying the debt. And therefore, every gift that we receive from God is Christ-centered. Jesus does not give us gifts that we use them for our own selfish reasons. God does not give us gifts that we use them to serve only ourselves. But rather, we are to use our gifts to serve others and to bring glory to the name of Christ. And these gifts that Christ paid the ultimate price for to give us, they bring unity to God's people. This is what Paul has been talking about throughout his letter thus far. And now we come to verse 17 through 24 of chapter 4. 
And here, Paul now gives us more information about that walk that we are to walk in a way that is worthy to the calling that we have been called in Christ. In other words, Paul is now telling us more information about the way we as believers are to live our lives. He's saying God has blessed us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Paul says, listen, you who are believers, God has blessed us. Even though, Ephesians 2.1, you were dead in your trespasses and your sins. Even though you were a rebel, a terrorist against God. Even though you were a child of wrath. Even though you sinned against God each and every minute of each and every day of your life, in spite of that, God has blessed you. Instead of giving you, believer, what you deserved, Remember, you deserve death. The wages of your sins is death. Who here, when they go to dig the shamba of another, when they are finished digging, expects their wages? You have done your work. Now you expect to receive your pay. Is that not so? Everybody thinks that way, correct? You've done your work, now you are to receive your pay. And God says in His Word that the wages of sin is death. The work that each and every one of us has been doing is sinning against God. We have been rebelling against Him. He says we should not lie and yet we lie. He says we should not lust and yet we lust. He says we should worship Him only and yet we worship other things. Each, each and every day we sin against God. And God says, you've done your work. And now expect your wages. That is death. Not a Fast, quick, simple, death, and then it is over? No, to sin against 
an eternal God is to deserve an eternal death. That is what each and every one of us deserves. Eternal death. That is what the Bible calls hell. And yet, by His grace, God does not give us what we deserve. Instead, on the cross, He gave Christ what we deserve. And then by faith, he now gives you what Christ deserves. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We do not have righteousness of our own. All we have is sin. And yet by faith, Christ has taken on our sin and has given us His righteousness. Those who are here who are believers, those who have repented and believed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you were not always a believer. But God, by His grace, has made you a believer. And now Paul in our passage says the believer is not to live like an unbeliever. Paul tells us not to live as the Gentiles live or not to walk as the Gentiles walk. He is saying do not live the way Gentiles normally live that is in unbelief. You are now citizens of the kingdom of God. You are now a new creature. You have been born again. And therefore, your life should be different than the unbelievers around you. First Corinthians 10.32 it says, give no offense either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. First Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 32. If you are a believer, 
You are no longer a Jew or a Gentile. You are the church. You are a new creature. You are now not in the world that you are in Christ. And now Paul is saying, live out your life according to that which you are. You are new. You are Christian. You are in Christ. You are a child of God. And Paul is saying that means something. Live according to that truth. You're not an unbeliever. So do not live as unbelievers live. And how is it that unbelievers live? Paul starts telling us that in verse 17. Unbelievers live in the futility of their mind. The unbeliever has no purpose. There is emptiness to their lives. They get up every morning, they look for their daily bread, and they go to bed every night, and they get up the next day, and they repeat over and over and over, day after day after day. Their life has no purpose, it has no meaning. The preacher in Ecclesiastes says, All is meaningless. A chasing of the wind. These are the things of the world. And this is what the unbeliever lives for, these meaningless things. There is nothing new under the sun. Unbelievers, generation after generation after generation, they all do the same thing. They live for worldly pleasures. They live for worldly possessions. They live for worldly power. They live for worldly position. They live for worldly religions. They live for worldly ideas. They live for worldly honor. They live for worldly gods. And none of these things that they live for ever satisfy them. They never fulfill them. They never give them any sense of purpose. If you don't believe me, just look at the way they live their lives. <laughs> it is never enough. 
Those living for worldly pleasures, they never get enough of those pleasures. Each and every day, they have to find more. Those living for worldly possessions, those things never satisfy them. If they get a brand new car, next year they won't be satisfied. They'll be looking for another brand new car. If they have if they have 10 million shillings, it's not enough. They want 100 million. It never fulfills. If they become a governor, they want to be president. That position, that power, it is never enough. They always want more. Genesis 6, 5. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This is the condition that we are all in before we come to Christ. Our hearts are intent on evil and wickedness all the time. You may not want to admit that. But that is exactly what God says about you. In Psalm 10.4 it says, Because of our wickedness, we do not seek after God. We do not want to live for God. We do not want to please God. We want to live for ourselves. We want to please ourselves. That is the way of the world. That is the way of the unbeliever. And Paul says, do not live that way. Stop it. That was you in the past, but Christ has come in you that is no longer you now. You're a believer. So live like a believer. Do not live like an unbeliever. Then in verse 18, Paul says, Unbelievers walk with dark understanding. Their understanding is not clear. Their understanding is not on truth. There is darkness in the way that the unbeliever thinks. Romans chapter 1 verse 21. It says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Wadumi moja, ayeshirina moja. 
Kwa sababu walipojua Mungu hawakumtukuza kama vile Mungu wala kumshukuru bali walipotea katika uzushi wao na mioyo yao yenye ujinga ikatiwa giza In Psalm 82 it says they do not understand. They walk about in darkness. We are all made in the image of God. We all know that there is a God. Even though some of us suppress that truth. And the book of nature that is God's creation all around us testifies to the glory of God and yet apart from faith in Jesus Christ our hearts are foolish We are darkened in our understanding. We follow our feelings instead of following truth. We follow the wisdom of men instead of following the wisdom of God. Here's what the great preacher David Martin Lloyd Jones said. When man fell, not only was he separated from God, his spiritual capability itself was paralyzed. His mind is dark and dim. His whole understanding is darkened. He lacks the ability and the capacity. The unbeliever lives in darkness. I'm not talking about the way our brother Patrick lives in darkness. To him the world is dark because he cannot see with his eyes. But if he is a believer, he sees far clearly than any of you unbelievers. Because you are walking in darkness and you don't even know it. You don't understand. You don't have the capacity to understand spiritual truth. And so you continue to come to church service week after week after week hearing the truth of the word of God and yet because you are darkened you don't understand. And yet a blind man like our brother Patrick If he is saved he sees these spiritual things so clearly Christ died for him a sinner 
And there's absolutely nothing he could have done to be accepted by God on his own. Christ must do it. And in that state of darkness as an unbeliever, the only reason such a person cares about the Bible is because they'll look in it for just something that agrees with what it is that they think, what, what it is they want the Bible to say. You want to say that you can perform miracles or that you can interpret dreams? And so you'll go to the Bible to find a verse that helps you say this is true. You just find a verse that might support your position. But what else do we read that way? We have students here. We have teachers here. Is that how you read a textbook? You, you already know what you want the textbook to say, so you just go flipping through until you find something that says, oh, the moon is made of cheese. Is that how we read a textbook? Just looking for one or two sentences that might support what it is we want it to support. What about a newspaper? Do we read a newspaper that way? Do we already know what we want the newspaper to report and we just open it up looking for one or two sentences that might sound like they are reporting what we want them to report? How I hope you don't read a textbook or a newspaper that way. I hope you go to a textbook or a newspaper to learn truth. I hope you open a textbook or a newspaper not assuming you already know all things, but, being, but with the mind that you are ready to be taught. And that is how we should read the Bible. Not looking for it to say what we wanted to say, but opening it up, ready to be taught by the very Word of God. Not reading one or two sentences, but reading everything in context, what is around it, what is in the, the verses around it, what is in that chapter, what is in that particular book of the Bible, what does it say in the whole Bible, put it in context. Kitabu chote, na mpaka uweze kujua kwamba ina maana gani 
If you just go to the Bible to have it say what you want it to say, you will be wrong every time. You will be like an unbeliever, darkened in your understanding. Being tossed around by the wind of any doctrine that comes along. Know your Bible, read your Bible, ask God to teach you through His Word. James 1.5 says if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God who gives generously to all. Simply ask God for the wisdom to understand His word and approach His word with a teachable heart. And unbelievers are excluded from the life of God. Verse 18. Paul says unbelievers are separated from God. They are unbelievers. They are rebels against God. They sin against God each and every day and they do not care. They will not respond to the gospel commands of repent and believe the gospel. They think they are right when they live in rebellion against the word of God. They think they are right when they steal because they feel like they have a good reason to steal. They don't care that the word of God says do not steal. They think they are right when they lie. They see everyone lie. We live in a community of liars. Everyone lies. It's not a problem that I lie. Even though the word of God says we must not lie. They do not care. They do not have the comfort and the peace of knowing God. Matthew 15.8 It says the people honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me. They do not have a spiritual life which pleases God. They can do nothing to please God. They do not have a spiritual life which leads to spiritual fruit. Love. There's no real love for the unbeliever. They only love themselves. They don't love others and they certainly do not love God. Joy. 
There's no joy in the life of the unbeliever. Because whatever is bringing them temporary joy, it will not last. And they need to find more and more and more. They do not ever have real joy. Peace. The unbeliever never finds peace in their heart because they are an enemy from, uh, an enemy of God. There will never be peace for them while they are God's enemy. Patience. The unbeliever does not have patience, not real patience. Kindness. The unbeliever is not kind. Not real kindness. They might act as if they are kind because they want to get something in return. But as soon as you do not give them what they are looking for, you'll see very quickly they are not really kind. Goodness. The unbeliever does not experience true goodness in their lives. And they do not give goodness to others. Faithfulness. Unbelievers don't know anything about faithfulness. They will use anyone and anything to serve the one that they love. That is themselves. Gentleness. There's no real gentleness with the unbeliever. And self-control. The unbeliever does not have real self-control. They do none of these things in a way which is pleasing to God. They do not have the fruits of the Spirit because they do not have the Spirit. Maybe they can pretend to have some of these things for a, a time. But the person not growing in these fruits does not show that God is alive in them. Verse 19, the unbeliever is callous. Meaning they are insensitive. In other words, they have a, a cruel disregard for others. They do not care about others. They only care about themselves. And they have no regard for sinfulness and they have no conscience that tells them their sins are wrong. 
They will not believe they are sinners or if they admit they are sinners they think they are not as bad as they really are. And verse 19 continues. Paul says they have given themselves over to sensuality. Unbelievers have given themselves over to all kinds of lusts. They have given themselves over. The power of sin is over them and they do not care. They sin. They lust. Whether for other people or for alcohol or for drugs or for money, they lust. And they are willing to do anything to get that which they lust for. And they do not care who they hurt in order to get what they want. Acts chapter 28 verse 27. For the heart of this people has become dull and with their ears they scarcely hear and they have closed their eyes otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and I would heal them. The unbeliever does not find God because the unbeliever does not seek God. And the unbeliever does not seek God because they are ruled by their sins. And then further in verse 19, Paul says that the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. The unbeliever lives a life uh, not for God but separate from God. The unbeliever lives a life only caring about themselves. They live a life the exact opposite of what Christ commands. Jesus Christ says we are to love God and love others. The unbeliever only loves themselves. God has called us to holiness. 1 Thessalonians 4.7 God has not called us for the purpose of impurity. 
But God has called us in sanctification. Paul says the, the believer is not to live in the way of the world. But rather we are to live the way of Christ. We are to walk no longer just as the Gentiles walk. We are to live like a believer, not like an unbeliever. And then, in the next part, now Paul tells us the, uh, the way the believer is to walk is as Christ walks. In verse 20, he gives us the reason that we are to do so. He says the believer has learned and been taught about Christ. Paul writes, you did not learn this way. You did not learn that to live for Christ is to live the way of the world. You learned another way. You did not learn that Christ would have you to live like the world lives. You did not learn that Christ would have you to live an ungodly life. Paul says you have believed upon Christ. That means the spirit of Christ is in you. You have repented of your sins. You have turned to Christ. You have believed that Christ died for your sins. Not because you are so smart. But because God gave you as the gift that faith which with you repented and you believed. And now Paul says, live your life according to that great calling. Verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him. Paul doesn't give us many options here, does he? He's saying, if you are a believer, you have been taught to live as a believer, not as the world lives. Then he says, if it is true, you have really heard and you have really believed, then you will live as a believer. You will not live as an unbeliever. Na 
And so now if you examine your life and you realize there is no change, you're living the same life you lived when you were an unbeliever. There's no evidence of a new creation which has taken place in you. You are the same person that you have always been. Then Paul is saying that's because you're still an unbeliever. You have deceived yourselves to, to say that you are a believer and yet you live the same life you always lived as an unbeliever. If you have heard Jesus in his word. If you have heard him and you have believed him. You have turned from your sins. You have turned to Christ. Then live like that is true. That is what Paul is saying. And then he tells us the way that we walk as Christ walks. First he tells us to put off the old man. He says, put off or lay aside the old self. At our regeneration. That is when God causes us to be born again. We are no longer in spiritual darkness. Rather, we can now see. We can see our sinfulness. We can see there is no hope except for that hope we have in Christ Jesus. We can see the truth that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by Him. In that moment we are made new. But the old man remains. The old man remains and he remains the way that he ever was. Before we were born again, we had only that old man, that sinful desire to do nothing but sin. But now at our new birth, that sinful nature remains but we now have a new relationship with sin we have been given in Christ new desires we no longer desire for our sin we no longer uh, uh, are satisfied or take pleasure in our sin 
But rather now as a new creature when we do choose to sin and we still do. Instead of loving that sin, wanting that sin, we now hate that sin. As an unbeliever, we had no God-fearing conscience against our sins. We would just do whatever we wanted to do. We would just think whatever we wanted to think. We would just say whatever we wanted to say. But at our new birth, he saved us not on the basis of our deeds. Which we have done in righteousness. But according to his mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Christ saved us by his grace and by his mercy. And by his mercy and his grace, Christ sanctifies us. In that work of sanctification that God does in us, he makes us more and more like Jesus Christ. And by his grace and his mercy, he will cause us to persevere until the end. And with that knowledge, Psalm 51.10, the psalmist writes, Create in me a clean heart, O God. It is God that helps us to stay on the narrow path that leads to heaven. Romans chapter 6 verse 12 and 13 says therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Paul says, present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead. Paul 
Remember earlier, we talked about the wages of sin is death. Paul also writes that we are all born in our uh, in transgressions and sins. We are dead in our sins and our trespasses. That is our condition at our first birth. That is why Jesus says we must be born again. And now Paul says in Romans chapter 6, listen, if you are a believer, now present yourself to God as one who was dead but is now alive. In other words, as one who was dead in their sins and their trespasses, but they have now been made alive in Christ and they live their life according to that truth. Verse 24, Paul says, put on the new self. Every day, put on that new nature which Christ has given you. Remember, each and every day, your tendency to go back to that old man, back into your old sinful ways. Put that off. Put that old self off and every day put on the new creature which Christ has made alive in you. Do not feed the lusts of your old nature. Rather, feed the new nature which is alive in you. Feed your new nature the word of God. Feed your new nature uh, uh, according to your relationship with God, praying to God. Feed your new nature by partaking of the Lord's Supper. Feed your new nature by fellowshipping with other believers. Day after day after day, you need to feed your new nature and starve your old nature. Paul says in Romans 6.6, 6, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Paul 
ubadilike tusitumikie dhambi tena Second Peter 1:9 For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted having forgotten his purification from his former sins If you are a believer, then God has purified you from your former sins. And Paul says, do not return to them. As an unbeliever, you lived as an unbeliever. No one should expect otherwise. But now, now you are a believer. And Paul says, live as a believer. God has cleansed you from your former sins. Do not return to them. You won't find satisfaction there. You won't find peace there. You were not created to find satisfaction and peace in your sins. Rather, you're a new creature created to find satisfaction where it can only be found. Created to find peace where it can only be found. That is in God. Now live like it. You have been freed. Not only from the penalty of your sin, but the power of sin over you. Christ has freed you from that. Just imagine for a moment. 